0: Rabbitohs Radio Podcast is proudly presented by What If. It's Aussie for travel.
1: Well, south is south, like you only get to play for south, and
2: uh, you know what it's all about. And, uh, like the South Sydney people, they're just uh, they're a different race of all their own, you know. Like sort of anyone in trouble, they're the first one there to weigh in weigh in a, a dollar, you know. And so yeah. they haven't got much, but they always come to the aid of the party, you know. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Brent Chappell, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But
0: Could you catch him? Well,
2: only if I got a bit of a start.
1: <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabideau.
2: Welcome to another edition of Rabido's Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's going on, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. G'day, boys. We're back. We're back. And you know the Rugby League's not far away when the annual charity shield is only a couple of days away, boys. And that marked the start of the Rugby League season.
1: I'm super excited about this weekend. And only a couple of weeks after that, round one against the Melbourne Storm. And let me tell you, boys, I am so confident with the squad that we've got. For 2021.
0: And so am I. It's
2: going to be an exciting year, so let's rip into the show. Chaps? All right, boys. We're going to have that big announcement, the Rabbitohs Podcast Network announcement. We've also got Head of Elite Pathways and Player Development and Jersey Flag Coach, Joe O'Callaghan, who popped into the studio, his beautiful little daughter, so you might hear them coming in and out of the interview. Remembering a Rabbitoh, first one for the year is the legendary... Ivan Jones boys we've also got some exclusive injury news on the status of Jed Cartwright and Jaden Sewer boys so big show
1: alright Mavo what's the big announcement
2: well it's the birth of
0: the Rabbitohs Podcast Network the Rabbitohs Podcast Network is a first in Australian sports history and marks a turning point in the evolution of podcasting and digital media in this country and we are delighted to say that we played a part in making that happen it's going to be four shows boys and the first one dropped yesterday the top four and our good mates shannon donato jeremy monaghan and mark ellison are hosting that show and it's quite funny because jeremy is a south mad host and they've got two former rabbitos a little bit like we've got so if you like our show you should like theirs they're going to talk about different content to ours they're not in competition we all work for the same network
1: I listened to
2: it today, boys.
1: It's quite funny, isn't
2: it? I like it. I was laughing all the way through it. Yeah, the the boys have done a great job.
1: Yeah, they're three good blokes and they have a lot of fun on there, a lot of banter, but some good points on there as well.
2: What's some of the other shows on there, Mova? Okay, so apart from the top four,
0: there'll be the Rabbitohs Insider with Jeremy and Ello, but they're going to just upload the audio to the podcast network. And there's also going to be selected media opportunities, so... For example, the first one that came down was the Latrell Mitchell signing and you can have a listen to that and we're going to talk a little bit about that later. Chaps, we've also had some other big news on NRL accreditation.
2: That's correct, mate. We've all got NRL media accreditation and what that means is the NRL is going to allow us access to dressing rooms, on field and just basically be involved in those post-match press conferences which we haven't um, last year, boys. You guys would have heard us on the Zoom press conferences, but now we've got that access um, to post-match games, boys.
1: Well, I spoke to Cookie and Renault about that on Monday, and they indicated to us that they're excited about that as well because we can grab them for an interview straight after the game while they're in the emotion. Let's say Adam Renault just kicks a field goal to win the game, and we're grabbing him for an interview for all the listeners out there.
0: How good. It's so good. It's unprecedented access for any podcast, we believe. And it's good for you, the listener, because we can bring you authentic Rabbitohs content each and every week. Now, we're also going to talk about connecting the Rabbitohs community and our Spotlight on the Pathways program. So our new focus, we mentioned it on our last show, is connecting everyone from the players, the coaches, the staff, the sponsors, and you, the fans, and in a unique way to us. And also, our Spotlight on the Pathways is part of that. We're going to tell the stories of a lot of the young men and women in that Pathways program, and we're going to talk more about that later with Joe O'Callaghan. Also, in another announcement, we have appointed some global ambassadors to the show. We've got Ryan McGee. from Just, v- just
1: what, what are global ambassadors, Maver?
0: Well, they're fans of the show who we've decided that we're going to make them ambassadors so that they can promote us in their parts of the world. So our first one was Ryan McGee. We spoke about him on the show. He lives in Virginia, USA. We've also got Tim Mason from Toronto, Canada. Beck Egan in Port Macquarie. Beck's
1: a big fan, isn't she? Oh, yes, yeah. She, she hey? does. She
0: loves the Rabbitohs and loves this podcast. She'll
1: promote us up there. Yep. And the rugby
0: league guru, Nathan Durkin, who is also a fan of the show. So we can collaborate with him on his podcast. And Good we've man, also... Nathan. He's also... got a great podcast, Nathan. Yeah, and also Ryan in the US has got a podcast as well. So cross-promoting. But the other news is that we want to expand that. So we've got... My mate Nasa Boga in Papua New Guinea from the Tobu Rabidos. That's a nation that we'd love to appoint an ambassador to because they're footy mad over there. And perhaps someone in New Zealand, if you're listening now in New Zealand and you'd like to put your hand up, someone who's a Benji fan. Yeah, sure now we've got Benji of...
1: Marshall mm. on yeah. board. I think Benji might be the only Kiwi that we've got playing for the Rabidos from well, Fakatani.
2: or well, possibly um Paula. Jackson Porter, Jackson Jackson on the wing. He might be a Kiwi. He might, okay. represent, he might yep. represent them this year, boys. Yep. Correct. So, yes.
1: And also someone in the UK. Mm. We've got a lot of fans over there in the UK who tune in. So if you want to be a global ambassador and spread the word of the Rabbitohs Radio podcast, get in touch with us and we'll put you in our global ambassador group. Correct.
2: Connecting the Rabbitohs community right across... Australia and the globe Rabbitohs News brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs and what a fantastic um, establishment that is boys the Juniors out there at Kingsford I know they've got many more establishments but um, after we found out that we sort of come under that new umbrella of Rabidos podcast network we went up and celebrated up at Pinocchio's didn't we
0: we did we had a great feed some lovely drinks and toasted our success so far a few
1: cocktails yep we did <laughs> and, and, also, and also the Henry Morris bar is getting a revamp. So it's going yep. to be different when you go up there from next Thursday. It's going to be a, a red and green theme. Mm-hmm. Mighty Rabinos.
0: I'm glad you said that, Brownie, because we are planning some more shows up there. But also the juniors would like you to go there for the away games. So if you're not going to go down to Melbourne to watch the storm, please go to the juniors group of clubs. There'll be footy on the big screen, red and green themed. And... What better place?
1: I think that's actually the opening night on the Thursday we play Melbourne Storm. That's a great round. place
2: to watch it. We went up there last year and watched it a few times, did a few little shows. But not only that, even if we've got a home game, I also went there last year and had a had a couple of beers, little food, jumped on the tram, bang, straightened the train out to Homebush. Beautiful. Fantastic. You, nice and, and easy. And you can come all the way back there and do the same thing on the way back.
0: Yep. yep. And the Rabbitohs are upstairs now. Their offices are up there. So it's a red and green place to go. We recommend it and they've supported our show from the beginning. Okay, the big news was, chaps, we signed Latrell Mitchell and we spoke to Cody Walker about it. Just have a listen to this. Some
1: good news for all Rabbitohs fans, mate. Latrell just signed. Yeah, great news. Um, Great news to have a a, a guy like Latrell stick around at at a club that I feel... Um, suits him and his personality and his his brand not only on the field but off the field as well. He's he's um, you know deeply committed to, to the local Aboriginal community and um, not just the local Aboriginal community but communities all over Australia. Um, he touches so many people in, in the way he plays his game, but his his presence off the field is, is such a he's got such a big presence off the field and and um, I, I heard somewhere that kids actually want to play footy. You know, because of Latrell, because he's playing the game that he loves, and, and the way that he plays the game, and the, the skills he possesses, the kids actually want to be a part of rugby league because of that reason, which is yeah, which is awesome, and um you know we're just happy to have him at the club. Well, that that's how the players feel about Luttrell being signed. Uh, that was you heard what Cody just said. Great news for the club. Not only. Does he do a lot of work on the field? He does a lot of work off the field and it was great to be down there for the announcement of Luttrell uh, signing for another couple of years.
0: Well, I'm really ecstatic about it. If you listen to mate, well done. We're stoked about it. There was that little bit of conjecture whether he was going to look elsewhere and in the end, we got him on board for two seasons and he said it
2: himself. He's got a lot to prove at fullback and I can't wait to see him go. He was never going anywhere else, boys. That's manager talk, mate. Bit of manager talk Bit of play in the game There's nothing wrong with that And in the end of the day He was um, always going to sign on The dotted line of the South Sydney Rabbit As his mum and dad go for him. They're lifelong supporters And Big Shaq He's going to be playing reserve Grab this week First trial in uh, First game of rugby league In 18 months mm. The Shaq attack We're going to talk about that a bit later But just before we move on from Luttrell
0: I put it up there With the signings of Your GIs And your Sam Burgesses For this mighty club That's how good he is That's what he can do for us and the community.
1: Well, I think if we have him at the back end of last season, uh, we probably go one better, maybe two better. Um, It was just unfortunate he got injured. He was coming good at the right time. And I had a chat with Latrell late last year, and he indicated to me that if he stays fit, he will bring a premiership. In 2021 to the how Mighty Rabbitohs. How oh.
2: good is that
0: to hear, eh? That sound that rolls off the tongue. Can you say that again?
1: Latrell <laughs> said, if he stays fit, he will bring a premiership in 2021 to the Mighty Rabbitohs. That'll be number 22. In 21. In 21.
0: That sounds good. I love it. That may be a hashtag, 21 and 22. 22, <laughs> and, 22 and
1: 21.
0: <laughs> also, how good were our chats with the rest of the team, Brownie? We spoke to Jai, The Source, and Benji. And we've shared all that content on our episode webpage and our website.
1: Yeah, so we are lucky enough to go down there to the Media Day, South Sydney Media Day, and what's involved with that is all the players, the top 30 players, are available to the media for one hour. So it's a little bit like uh, parent-teacher night. So all the players are lined up from A, Joy Arrow was the first one up one end, and all the way down to Cody Walker. And you just go along and whoever's... Available? You're no gonna, no
2: coaches there or nothing. It was just players. Wasn't no it, coaches, just players. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it was a revealing chat. We spoke to most of the guys we wanted to.
0: A couple that we didn't get to. Jacob Post was sitting there, and we we went and spoke to Jai. Then he had left. So, mate, if you're listening, we all we'd love to have a chat with you at some stage. Yeah, it was
1: definitely luck of the draw. So mm. you had to go along, and and whoever was available, you, you had a chat with. And all the players were very accommodating to Rabbitohs Radio podcast, and we thank them for that. And we had some really good chats with uh, with all the good players.
0: And you mentioned that we spoke to Renault. And there's a bit of controversy about the Renault situation. Now, just if you're not aware of it, he's mentioned to Danny Wilder that they're in negotiations and they might have broken down a bit because Adam wants a longer deal and the Rabbitohs at this stage may be only looking at one or two. Now, just from the facts point of view, Renault's maybe getting a bit 30 getting it to the end of his career and Souths have got some brilliant talent emerging in the likes of blokes like Lachlan Elias and Blake Tuff so as much as we love Reno, he's done so much for this club and look I can fully agree I'd be happy if we signed him for three years
1: so what do you reckon boys oh look it's all part of the negotiations uh, going through um, this time of the year uh, Latrell went through it a couple of weeks ago there was speculation that he was talking to the Broncos and a couple other clubs um, Renault obviously wants to do what's best for Renault and the club wants to do what's best for them so they'll meet somewhere in the middle I'm quietly confident they'll get a deal done you know whether Renault mightn't get what he wants and the club mightn't get what they want but they'll meet somewhere in the middle and, and we'll have that our skipper uh, for the next couple of years I can tell you that
2: oh, he's not going anywhere boys I reckon it'll be somewhere around the two to three year deal um, he, look, the form he was in last year—it was—it it was outstanding. You know the on the football, his goal kicking was 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 on. So, who's a better goal? I've never seen a better goal kicker in yeah. my lifetime. In this you point.
1: know the last four years, he's played around ninety-two percent of the games, so he's not missing much footy at the later stage of his career. It's so, so tough. Yeah, and he plays hard. His goal kicking is second to none. His general play kicking is the best in the business, and you know he wins your games with one point.
2: he's he's still in the top three half-backs in the game, in my opinion.
0: He's a club legend, and he's done so much for this mighty club, and we want to see him stay as a one-team player. So, yes, let's hope they can get something sorted there. Also, the other big news is we spoke to Joy Arrow. What about that as a signing for the club?
1: Well, I think it's a great signing after what I've seen in State of Origin. I thought he was outstanding playing with the Origin team, and I've never really... Seen him play that aggressive. I thought he played really tough. And what he's going to bring to this team is versatility. He can play in the middle. He can play on the edge. We spoke to him the other day. He indicated that he played centre once. So okay. if you want to listen to that interview, but he did say, I think Latrell run round him, didn't he? He did. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think he had much success in the centres. But look, he's one of the reasons why I'm super confident about 2021.
2: We'll try our uh, I, I, I want to. Reiterate Darren's thoughts there. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was outstanding in state of Origin. If he can bring anything like that to our squad this year, he's going to be a valuable asset. Like guys like um, Junior, Tyler, and Tom Burgess, they missed hardly any game time last year, wasn't mm. he? Tom played every game. Um, Junior might have missed one or two. He can quite easily jump into a starting lineup and be your number eight or your number ten to start the game. Mm. So um, someone like that is going to be valuable in a twenty. Four-round competition this year, boys.
1: And the beauty about it, Wayne Bennett had him in that Origin Series, so he knows that he's got that in him.
2: And coached him before, I think. He was there uh, at the Broncos, at the Broncos. When Wayne was there before. so He was.
1: The other guy we got was the source, Josh
0: Mansour, and we had a chat to him, and I said to him, it's like we're getting a, a back and a forward with the amount of work you do.
1: And he said thank you and laughed. But what are your thoughts on that, boys? Well, his stats speak for themselves, don't they? He's, he's one of the leaders in the run metres for a winger. Uh, his try assist, uh, I think, are right up there as well. So look, we're, we've got some great wingers, we've got some great finishers, um, but uh, Josh Mantle, he hes a worker. He gets yeah, the tough metres, like I said before. That's the reason why I'm really confident.
0: Well, I think you mentioned in the final last year, chaps, against the Panthers, that Josh and Young Tuttle—they were unbelievable in the amount of work and metres they got through, and. I said this to Josh. It's ironic now that you're going to be suiting up for us in round one instead of doing that to us.
2: Yeah, um, I thought that was one of the differences in the game was just um, coming out of yardage, the difference. The, the front foot that Josh and Toto got their halves on, you know, like by tackle three or four, they're in attacking positions, whereas we couldn't even get out of our own end sometimes. it was It's pretty tough on guys like Cody Walker, probably one of the best on-ball players in the game, to be always inside his own half. So we didn't give ourselves a chance to really late in the game where we saw Cody get out get out in front and do a couple little rap plays and uh, and, and give us a chance towards the back end of that game book. and that's
1: no disrespect to the wingers that we've got there now but it's, Josh is just a different build isn't he he's just he's low to the ground and he's hard to tackle and he's just a true professional
0: he's an elite guy and, and I said to him oh this might be your first charity shield and he goes no I actually played in one when I was back at South in the 20s so yep. It's 2011
2: uh, I think it was wasn't it
0: yes it's a homecoming for Josh and welcome to the club mate and another guy we picked up
1: is a bloke with the name of Benji Marshall (laughs) one of the all time (laughs) greats 300 plus player Uh, not only does he bring excitement to the attack he's he's a true professional
2: you great know. attitude, Brownie. Like, you, you you, guys talked to him. I watched the interview. Mm-hmm. You did a great job, by the way, boys. And Thanks. And he knows his role in the team's not going to be walking in starting round one at number seven. He's worked with Adam Reynolds. He's worked with
1: Wayne on. before as well, up at the Broncos.
0: Yeah, and, and he go. said that. He said that I know what my role might be, you know, support off the bench, and, but also off the field, that I can maybe mentor some of these young blokes. And some blokes have already come up and spoke to him about that. So you can imagine that this... One of the greats of the game is
1: helping some of our young halves out. Well, he's another player that can play a number of positions off the bench. He can play nine, seven, six. You can throw him in the centres. So he's just got that versatility role. Uh, we had that with Bailey Sirinan. Uh We've lost Bailey. Jed Cartwright come in late and done a bit of a job there. But I don't think he's as versatile as what Benji is. Jed can play, you know, back row, edge, uh, centre. But he can't play in the halves where you know Benji covers all them positions.
2: Uh,
0: and another bloke, Mova? We've
1: cool.
0: got a couple more to mention. Tau Moga. And all reports is that the six foot four giant is flying,
1: and that's encouraging. He's he looks cool. in good
2: nick, doesn't he, boys?
1: Well, he does. He's big, he's fast, he's strong. And another player that's worked under Wayne Bennett at the Broncos system. So Wayne obviously knows these players. He knows what he can get out of them. Uh, unfortunately, Tao Tao Moga has had a few in- back-to-back injuries over the last couple of seasons. We haven't seen the best of him. I thought he was really good at Brisbane, the games he played and he was really good at Newcastle.
2: He um, was, it But was.
1: unfortunately, injuries cut them um, stints short and hopefully, you know, he has a, a good a good run with injury here and, and we get the best out of Tao uh, Tao Moga. And a couple of friends of the
0: show were at the Griffith trial and gave us a bit of a match report and they reported that he had a good game. A great game. So it's exciting okay. times. There you go. And another guy that we haven't mentioned is Jacob Host. Now he's come to the club as a bit of an underrated forward
1: but Brownie we spoke to Renault and what did he have to say about the game? Well renault has got a lot of praise for this kid. He's pushing for a spot. He's actually starting uh, on Saturday night in the second row uh, for the Charity Shield and Renault has got Big raps on him. He said he's awkward. He's an awkward player to tackle. He's got elbows and knees coming everywhere. I haven't seen a great deal of him. But all reports, he's going to be in that, probably I'd say, the top 18 come round one.
2: Well, he was a junior representative player coming through the Dragon system. He's highly touted. I know um, Dragons fans were looking forward to him coming on. He come on, and I guess when you come on a little bit like us through the early 2000s, Brenny, you could have had a good start, and they get lost coming into a side that's not, or, not organised. There's a bit of infighting. They can sort of get chewed up and spat at the back door. This bloke's played 50 NRL games, though. Yeah. So he's sort of been in and out of the line-up for a couple of years. So, And oh. look,
1: no, no disrespect to the Dragons, but they were a bit everywhere over the last couple of years. He's come to a club where they're well coached. Everybody knows their role. It's like when people go to Melbourne, they all know their role, what, yeah. they're, what they're doing. I thought that when you were saying it. Yeah, so, so there you go. you know, it's, he's come here and... We're the new Melbourne. He might have... Th- yeah, well, exactly. He might have uh, thrived in that uh, environment. And by the sounds of it, uh, he's going really well and really looking forward to watching him play. Well, this is the reason why we're all excited. Because we made the top four the
0: last three years. And now you've just added these five guys into the mix. It's like they're missing pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. So there's high hopes for this team. All
2: right, Maven, where's that exclusive injury news
0: we got? I spoke to Mark Ellison today from the Rabbitohs and also from the Rabbitohs Podcast Network, and I congratulated him on his sparkling debut of the boys. So we'll just go through the list. Jaden Sue has got a bit of an arm injury. He won't be playing in the charity shield, but we'll be right for round one. Thank God. And in other big news, you spoke to Jed Cartwright, Brownie.
1: Yeah, look, there was a lot of reports. I didn't know what happened to Jed. Uh, I seen it on social media that he was getting an operation. So I contacted Jed, and yeah, look, he's uh, he's had a bulging disc in his back for quite some time, and it was giving him some nerve pain down his leg. So the best thing to do was go and get the disc shaved. He had an operation, and he'll probably be out from you know six to eight weeks, and hopefully we'll get him back for the back end of the season.
2: That's a big blow, isn't it?
1: Well, it was because I thought he he'd done really well last year with a couple of games he come in to the team late and I thought he was really good in, in the games that he played
2: oh, he was
0: he was and we had him on the show yep. and we'll get him back to to tell us how he's progressing so we'll just move on with what Mark Ellison said obviously Luttrell played good the other night he's good to go as is Cam Murray after suffering that injury in Origin last year Liam Knight suffered a concussion at training and won't play but he should be good for round one Braden Burns and Tane Milne are injured but progressing well they won't start the season, but may be available by rounds four to six. And the Rhino finished off with Benji will probably play from the bench, but he's fitted in well at the club. So that's great news. And thanks for that, L.O., and good luck with the Top Four podcast,
2: part of the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. Thanks, L.O. On Yello. We're going to chuff off to a break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast.
1: But at least they saw South Sydney. At least they saw them rise. They will always know South Sydney With glory in their eyes
2: Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got Joe O'Callaghan in studio. He's got his young daughters in here, so apologies if they do come in and have a little yak to dad. Uh, One just had a little bit of nature calls, um, knock on the door, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, he is Rabbitohs Head of Elite Pathways and... Player development. Joe, welcome to Rabbit Age Radio, mate. Yeah, cheers for having guys, much
3: appreciated. And uh, congratulations to you guys as well on uh, the big news.
2: Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks, mate. mate. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. Part of the family, mate. Now, um, where were you from, and um, what was it like growing up there?
3: Mate, born and bred Queenslander, proud of it. You might know it. It's it's up north. I think we've won the Origin a few times uh, over <laughs> the last, last few years. So we're doing something right in the water up there. Uh, Rockhampton. It's a, a regional town in CQ. Uh, born and bred. Played all my footy through there. Uh, got into coaching quite young. I'm, I'm 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 37 this year. I look like I'm 52. I've Benjamin Button in reverse. But uh, <laughs> uh, mate, I actually actually started getting coaching when I was 16. So I've been coaching for about 21 years now. Wow. Um So my first team I, I did was I was uh playing local grade up there, um I think it was to get a bit of cash on the Sundays, you know, coaching the under eights. It's still the hardest coaching job I think I've ever had. The local under eights. And then it just kinda got the bug and, and, and went from there. Um so uh footy's taken me a fair bit around Queensland. Uh so uh spent some time in Brizzy, uh tweeted Seagulls on the Gold Coast, uh, East Tigers. Uh, was lucky enough then to go full time up in uh beautiful Cairns in the tropics uh for four years. I was Uh, Two years up there as the assistant coach for a club named the Northern Pride uh, and I also run their academies and their high performance stuff at the time. I was lucky enough to work with Jason Demetrio as as the head coach during that time. We uh, had a bit of success, won the national title in its first year concept against Penrith uh, and then was lucky enough to coach the Pride uh, for a couple of years. Bit of a tough gig to follow. There were rumours when Jason left Cairns that uh, he shit gold. So uh, I was a bit nervous. Uh, tough, uh, very tough gig to follow. But was lucky enough to do that. Uh took the family uh, when, when the girls were born back to Brizzy. Spent some uh, time for the last few years at Wynnum Manly. Wynnum Manly C- uh, Seagulls, which is a great club in Brisbane with a lot of history itself. Uh, thought I'd just stick with the colours. They love the uh, colours yeah. as well. And, and then, look, was just ready to get back into full-time footy again. And uh, luckily... Uh, Pre-COVID, uh, Brock Schaefer uh, at the club, who was actually CEO at the Pride uh, at the time. So Jason, myself, and Brock were all up there together a long time ago. If you predicted what we're doing now with our career paths, you, I probably wouldn't have thought that. Uh, but yeah, no, that's what's that's what's ended up here in in, in big the big smoke of Sydney. Mate. So there is some truth that. J.D. shits gold, though, in that. Oh, well, <laughs> mate, around Cairns there was. Around Cairns, I mean, when Jace left over those... You know, Jase kind of comes an in unknown uh, into the into the Australian coaching scene, so pride was kind of... He'd come from England, obviously over there, had a, a great playing career, but, but wasn't an ex-NRL player, didn't have that reputation behind him. Uh, you know, he bit his... Team, and that's what I love about J.D.'s journey as well. He, he did an apprenticeship. You know, he's not an ex-player that kind of was, was, was given a, an opportunity straight off the bat. Uh, and mate, as I said, the two years he did up in uh, up in Cairns, I think he had a, an eighty nine percent win rate mm. in the intra Super Cup over those two years. Wow. It, was, it was something ridiculous. Mm.
1: Joe, just uh, I mean, you're full time now, and you've been full time for quite some time. What was your background in employment before coaching?
3: Yes, yeah, so a couple of times I've jumped in and out. Uh, I'm a school teacher, so don't hold that against me. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, look, I've done that that side of a career as well. Um, been lucky enough to run some school programs. Um, Marsden High is probably the main one I worked with, which is Cameron Smith's old school up mm. in Brisbane. Uh, and then did a bit of deputy principal work, and that's when I kind of knew I wanted to get back into full time footy. It's it's um, it's tough the life. I'll be honest, life of school teachers and educators in society at the moment, especially in the public system, it's 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 tough work. And just knew that my passion was back, wanting to get back into the game full time. Mm. Tell us about the program you did up at the Pride where you worked with Indigenous
0: kids and I think you used your education skills to help the the young blokes.
3: Yeah, look, it was a pretty unique thing there. Uh, In a nutshell, uh, the Pride couldn't afford the salary and I guess education, Far North Queensland needed the brand, if that makes any sense. So it was was a bit of a first ever in Queensland. I think it was actually a first in the country where I was based at the football club full time under their branding, uh, worked for them, but was... We're still understaffed and paid by Education Queensland. Yeah, the benefits of that, obviously, is still being an employee of the state. I could get access to all the kids' attendance, their behaviour, how their schooling was going. And that was a pretty unique thing for a football club to have that type of access, too. So, uh, yeah, what we did up there from um, when I got there, there was one school kind of, we're not talking sports highs here, we're just talking using rugby league as a an engagement tool to get them to turn up to school. And mm. uh, the first two years after I stepped out of that role, we had 14 schools. Uh, within and far north Queensland, you got to remember is the size of Victoria, you know. So uh, we had schools from Weeper up to Torres Strait Island, Cairns High. So it was quite exciting. One day, you know, you'd be at Cairns State High School, the next day you'd be on a ferry going over to to, to Torres Strait, uh, to Ti and, and Thursday Island and things like that. So, nice. yep. but it was just great to see, you know, what our sport, um, you know, if kids come through the gates for different reasons, and uh, if you can use it wisely. Footy's a great way to get kids to engage. Mm.
0: So it must have been rewarding because we hear that there was like a 90% rise in kids' attendance and things like that.
3: Oh, look, in, in some of the schools there was, definitely. Uh, Yaraba, which is a uh, community outside of Cairns. Um, you know, there's an example there where, where you've got kids having kids at 15, uh, a lot of domestic violence and, and you know, drug, drug issues and things throughout the community. And the kids, when, I, when we got in there, they'll turn up for probably about one day a week to school. Uh, When we left, those boys were rolling in 90% of the time and and a lot of that was because they they had football on their timetable once a day. So again, they come through the gates. If you use the sport right, um, it's not always about being an NRL player, it's other ways we can help kids with their life.
1: Maybe it might have helped me when I went to school. (laughs) (laughs) And just Alicia
0: from South Cares, we had a meeting with a... Last week,
1: yeah, and, and great
3: lady tells it how it is. She
0: tells it how it is, but she is doing a similar sort of thing. Some of the programs she's doing with Indigenous kids are unbelievable.
3: Yeah, definitely. And look, there's we're going to talk today about some different pathways at the Rabbinos. Now is not just about the teams that we put on the paddock each week. There's there's a lot more work going on behind the scenes away from that. And and one thing that uh, is also on the on the radar at the moment or a plan is how we can try to help high school rugby league uh, within the catchment area at the moment. It's it's probably it need I'll be honest it needs some assistance. Um, and if you can get your high school footy working well in the area, you've only got to look at some of the other NRL clubs and some of the schools they've got in their nurseries. It just it has a flow-on effect. So, look, Alicia's doing some great work in some local schools, and I think very soon the football department uh, at the club will be hopefully trying to link, and we can make some announcements there as well.
2: Mm. Just before we get to how you got to the Rabbitohs, and that's mm. coming up shortly, but... um. You spoke about Thursday Island, and that's a place I've never been to, but tell us a little bit about that place. Is that Rugby League Mad, that area, or oh, sort look, it's of, a great spot. Like? Yeah,
3: look, it's a great spot. There's been some amazing athletes, uh, you know, coming out of there. Um, you know, you got to look at guys like Paddy Mills over in the NBA now and, yeah. and things like that, but uh, look, I think the big thing for me is that I, I don't think kids play footy enough anymore. So in regards to, you know, and Jason has the same belief as me that yeah, you, know, you grow up with a footy in your hand you're playing every lunchtime you're playing out on the street 4v4 in the afternoon whatever you could and and, and i think those natural instincts and those natural skill sets have gone out of kids now because they're not they're, they're going to training structured training but they're not playing just footy mm. and the thing i used to love about up there was you know you'd go up there on a visit and you'd go out and play lunchtime with uh the boys at lunch up there with with the footy and and whatnot and uh, you're talking just matt bowen freakish skills like every kid out there and 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 they still played footy for the love of it. They mm. they just chipped and chased, didn't care, through the like they just played footy. No shoes. Uh, no shoes, mate, and just loved it. And um, you know, there's some exciting stories there where we did bring a couple of boys uh, from okay. those visits yep. down to the Northern Pride and a couple of them have gone on to successful Queensland Cup careers. Mm. Um so yeah, it's it's a, it's a great place and there's so many different stories in far north Queensland as well. You know, like one day you'll be there, the next day you'll be out in Mount Isa, which is Cohen Hess's home hometown and yeah. you know, they have drought issues and other things out there. So it was just every day was a unique adventure in that type of sense so for someone who for 10 years had been in a, in a one setting classroom one school to go from a school to school each day which had different battles or different things happening in the community at the time but using that footy vehicle to help those young men out it was it was just a great experience so you're a what sort of a footballer were you as a young bloke so Mate, I was an honest A grader there we go there's the easiest way to put it Now look I've been lucky enough uh, played all, a lot of rep footy um, you know I was lucky enough to go to some state carnivals and things like that which is a dream when you're coming through Um you know, in, in Rocky, won a couple of local A-grade competitions as a player, things what like What position, that. Joe? Halfback, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Used to, used to um, use the brains more mm-hmm. than the brawn, yeah. uh, get around the park. <laughs> but uh, look,
1: um, Do you think that's helped you in your coaching, playing oh, in that position?
3: Look, it, it, it did play a big role. Look, so I made the joke before that I think under eights is the hardest coaching you've ever had. My second hardest coaching you've ever had in the last 21 years is captain coaching. You know, that's another tough gig, so was lucky enough to captain coach Brisbane Valleys, um in the A grade competition up there and and also uh in the Gold case A grade competition, I captain coached in that comp for a bit as well. And very hard to stand in a dressing room on a sad day, um especially if you're wearing seven on your back. Uh, <laughs> and have a go at blokes if you're not playing a nine out of ten game yourself. So yeah, yeah just an honest footballer mate. Yeah
2: yeah I suppose you spoke about um your hardest gig obviously was captain coach and that and that's the leadership role mate. one of the hardest things in life is to be a leader. How do you how do you If you've got a squad at the moment, you've got the jersey flag, the 21 squad. How do you find a leader in your squad? How do you put the C on a bloke's name?
3: Uh, Look, I think we've made this mistake over the years and leadership groups are a pretty popular thing now at a lot of rugby league. I don't think leadership groups were a big thing a long time ago. You just had your captain and your coach. and and I think I read somewhere the other day that Melbourne Storm named 12 In uh, You don't want to be the one bloke in the starting 13, not in the leadership group (laughs) at the moment. I don't know. I just think... um, But a couple of them leaders might not even be in the side. Yeah, exactly, mate. I just think these days um, we're we're trying to manufacture them. You know, usually if, say, you're looking for guys that are just naturally, they do the small things without being told to do it. Uh, Lead by example has always been a big one with me. I know lots of kids that are great talkers, but they can't do it on the field. That doesn't mean they're a natural captain just because they're a great talker. So... I think the balance is making sure that your two or three leaders you want to get in a group, they all complement each other. You know, One might be, as I said, a really great speaker. One might be the the, the hard nose, just leads by example in the pack, whatever it might be. Um, and then I like a larrikin. I usually like to make sure that in my leadership group, especially at that 21's age level.
2: Like an Adam Reynolds?
3: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> mate. Uh, I've got a great kid, Tommy Ball. Uh, he's a local. Um, you know, Thomas uh, is in the centres uh, in, the, in the flag squad. He's, he's no superstar. He'll be the first to admit that. He's got a great uh, future ahead of him, I think, but... Tommy just has a great way. Doesn't matter what nationality the boys are or where their backgrounds come from, or whatever. He has a way of making sure the boys get along and, and enjoy themselves. And I think that's the other thing that's forgotten about these days, especially in the pathway system. Their kids. Um, we all got into rugby league because we want to hang out with the boys and have mm. a bit of fun, you know. And, and that's something that we like to make sure we stress as well.
1: Mm. Mate, you mentioned uh, before that you've had a couple of head coaching gigs. Yep. Probably none more important than uh, the Northern Pride. Yep. How was that experience after taking after? J.D.?
3: Oh it was tough mate uh, I was 30 years of age at the time um, so you know walking into a, a head coach position uh, in the Intra Super Cup at 30 uh, Kansas is a one team town mm. um, so I used to love it when the NBL season was on the Taipans took a bit of heat off me oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> exactly. but when the NBL season was it on uh, mate it took a lot of media commitments uh, it was a one team town I, mm. I tell a bit of a funny story we were, we were actually none and four uh, after JD left, the, the year I took over, so we were national champs. And my first year I took over, we lost our first four games of the year. Mm. And I come home one night, and there were for sale signs in my front yard. So <laughs> it's like something you see out of a movie. But that's that's the community. It was a Cairns community. It was a city, and everyone kind of knew each other and things like that. So mm. that was a it was really an experience. You learn a lot about yourself in those situations mm. more sometimes than when you're going well. Mm. Um, but you know that that squad mate, uh, you know we went from there to make the finals that year. I was quite proud about I think we were the, the first team ever to have a none and four start and go on to make the finals still mm. and look the the point of second tier rugby league is to get NRL opportunities so when we won the national title in 2014 with Jace and myself and that group which was an amazing experience 12 of those boys left to go to the NRL a year mm. later uh, so it was like starting again with a, a young group and to make the finals a year later and kind of it was like a rebuilding period for the club it was something great to be part of mm, good stuff
2: I suppose you would have learnt a lot about yourself in an 0-4 start, more so than even the team. Uh, you're 30, mate. You think you're ready? <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, a 0-4 start. Um, we just had Amelia, so I'd just become a dad for the first time as well. Amelia was only a bub at the time, and anyone who's had that experience knows the amount of sleep you're getting and what you're going through and things like that. We but, all know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, look, it was an exciting time and period. And, that, and, and they just love their footy up there, mate. You know, it's There's actually a lot of similarities between this community, that I've found since I've been around Redfern around this community to to Cairns as well. Um, mm. you know, there's a, a great indigenous culture, obviously linked uh to that Cairns community and they're just mad about their footy, you know, in, in that top of the sense. So uh but again, um you spoke about leadership and, and wanting to do these sorts of positions, it comes with pressure. Mm. You know, and if it was easy everyone would love to throw their hands up and do it. So if you want to do it and have the, the pleasure of doing that, you got it it comes with obviously the the, the, the external noise as well. Mm.
2: So we touched on it earlier, but how did you end up at the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs, mate? Uh,
3: yeah, as I was saying, I, I'd kind of gone back in education uh, full-time. Um, so we, we made a decision uh, when Grace came along. Um, didn't have any family support up in Cairns. Quite hard to raise the kids, you know, without that. Uh, I went back into education, back down in Brizzy, and was just coaching at the Winter Manly. And kind of worked my way up to that deputy principal level and, and, and knew I had another 30 years of probably working life ahead of me and, and just thought... I'm missing full time footy and uh Brock Brock and Jason at the time reached out. Uh and at the time the role was education manager, uh, because of my background was school, uh and then twenty job, uh when Benny had moved up to the uh the New South Wales Cup. So uh, that was an opportunity I jumped at. Um it was definitely you know, it's I didn't come here for the money boys, I'll tell you that right now. It was uh <laughs> it was definitely more of an opportunity to, to get full time back in the game, uh in, into the National Rugby League. Uh and then look, obviously, from a bit of a restructure and a reset from COVID we've, we've had some movement in the club and uh, look the position they've put me in now and the work we're doing uh, in this pathway space now it's 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 kind of it's funny COVID has worked out you know it's it was a reset on a lot of things and I think one big thing is it's been a reset on the way we do our pathways at the club and it's probably been a, a reset for the juniors and seniors to come together uh, to do some really amazing things in that space at the moment so it's uh, I can't complain COVID's worked out pretty good in that type of sense
1: what about the goal, mate? There's a goal to coach at NRL
3: level, not head coach. Uh, JD and those those guys can have that. Yeah. Uh, look, I've 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 never made it. It's no secret, mate. I have aspirations, probably assistant coach, uh, to work within the game at that level. Usually, to get there, the norm is second tier head coaching flag things like that you know work your way through the ranks do your apprenticeship it's, it's been a pretty decent apprenticeship by it's now. a long road is not it it is a long road mate. Espe- and, and especially without a, a big playing background uh, behind me in that type of sense as well which I don't, I don't know issues with I, I've, I wouldn't change my journey in any way you, mm. you learn a lot about yourself with each team that you coach and each mm. way you come along
1: it's like Joe do the same thing yeah
3: definitely mate yeah in that type of sense but uh, look mate I've, I've, I'm enjoying what I'm doing in this space at the moment this is not something I want to do short term to do what we're doing at the moment we'll take a good I think Two to three years, you got to see it through and get it up and going properly. But but definitely, yeah, the long term aspirations is is assistant coaching at that level.
0: So that rolls into asking you to tell us about your role as head of elite pathways and player development.
3: Good question. If you guys can <laughs> tell me, I'd love to know if you've got a job description around. Uh, look, the easiest way of putting it. No is, days off. Yeah, look, it's uh, the easiest way of putting it at the moment is uh, I oversee. Uh, the operations and recruitment uh, side of things from Harold Matthews uh, up to the New South Wales Cup in the males pathway, and I'm also overseeing the female pathway as well now with what we're doing in that space, and coaching the Jersey Flag Under 21 team as well on top of that. So uh, look, there's a fair bit of work there. Uh, I think we spoke before. I'm the only full-time staff member in the the pathways department. I have 48 amazing, uh, you know, part-time volunteer workers that are working across all our teams and our programs. Uh, but, again, it's hard to communicate and, I guess, lead that staff group when you're not seeing them until out of hours. A lot of it's over email, phone, trying to manage a group. You're not working with them on a day-in-out basis. So mm-hmm. uh, we've got about 160 players now uh, within our pathway system. Um, so, obviously, overseeing um, you know, all the aspects that come with that. And as I said before, I, I try to find some time there to coach the um, the under-21s as well, which is still my passion You know, to obviously coach. So, um, yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. It's a busy role, but I'd rather be here than we were in March uh, last year,
2: so uh, it's it's definitely a better way of looking at things. Yeah, well, I wouldn't mind asking you a question about recruitment. Um, yeah, yep. yep. Well, so say you got like a 17 year old edge back rower playing on the same side, left side, same size, same weight, same ability, mm. and you can only pick one of them. How do you? Make that decision to pick that one guy. Is it? Uh, look, it's not what just are you looking for? Yeah, look, it's not just that.
3: it's not just my decision. In uh, the end okay. of the day, you know, we we've got a uh, committee set up there at the moment, a recruitment and retention committee.
2: But if it was your decision, how uh, would you pick? Would I, you pick, pick f- f- I
3: pick the footballer. So yeah. if you're t- asking Joey Callahan, not the Rabbit Eye perspective, but me, I'd, I'll always go the footballer over the athlete. So I still think the game now. In a recruitment space, we get too excited sometimes about athleticism. Yep. Um, You know, I've got two gentlemen here that played uh, professionally. Yes, athleticism plays a role in it. You have to have the, the body and ath- you know athleticism to be able to play at that level. But I still look for attributes like resilience, how tough they are, um, and just just those things that are never going to change in rugby league over the, over the next hundred years. You know, that it hasn't changed and it never will. They're the things I look for between a couple of players.
2: Yeah, well, just um, obviously I follow a lot of the NFL and, and, and how they recruit through the college system into the NFL. Mm. And the way, they've re- the way they recruit has changed a lot in the last 15, 20 years mm. purely because one of the, one of the questions they like to ask him is, do you watch much football? Mm. Because these days there's so much on the iPads or yeah. the, you know, the games and, and they're actually not even interested in the game.
3: I think there's two key questions there. One is, do you actually enjoy playing rugby league? Yeah. I don't know if that question gets asked sometimes. Um I've learnt not just in recruitment but but twenty years now coaching in that pathways type of level. A lot of fathers living through their sons and, and a lot of situations where they're just talented kids. They could play any sport that they decided to. And it's I think the first question one is do you really like rugby league? Is it something you really want to do? And but at the same time too, you can go to the other end of it where they live and breathe rugby league too much. Okay. So I've seen a lot of young guys kinda of get spat out in the last twenty years that they never get a chance to be 16, 17, or 18 years of age because they just live and breathe. You know, mm. they're on this mad training regime. They just All they do is watch footy, NRL, five games. Like, they just don't stop. And I don't think that's healthy either because long-term, it can actually have some welfare issues down the track because they get to 22, 23, and they didn't have that, that part of their life, and that's yeah. a pretty important part of your life.
0: Yeah, that sounds makes sense. Take some, well, time, my- take some time to live your life and not just... You got the blinkers on the one thing. Yeah.
1: you're only 18 years of age once. Well, my, yeah. my you know, young bloke so. was in a similar position. He come through the South Juniors. He was one of the elite players coming through, and ended up he was struggling with his footy. So we took him to Cronulla, but same thing. And then he just couldn't balance life in general. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah.
3: And it's actually funny if you have a look at some of the guys. I'm not making excuses here. There's obviously lots of factors between why guys go off the rails sometimes. Mm. But you see some guys are in the mid-20s, and, and, and they do obviously go off the rails a little bit, whether it be alcohol, drugs, lifestyle, whatever it is. Mm. You probably, if you look back at those years that we're talking about, they didn't live a life. No, They went from school straight into a, a rugby league environment, lived and breathed it, never got that experience, and sometimes, yeah, they're just making up for it in, in other ways. So
0: I've spoken to you about the Elite Player Development Programme. The Black Rabbitohs. That's an exciting uh, thing that's happening in the club. Can you tell us a bit about that program and some of the players to watch in that?
3: Yeah, definitely. So uh, one of the things that we identified uh, was, I guess, we've got 160 players from Harold Matthews all the way through, like I spoke about. Uh, it's just making sure. Sorry, guys. That's all right. Are you are right? <laughs> girls. He's a uh, little prin-
2: little princess there. That's, give the, the that's,
3: one way, to, that's one way to describe it. Jacqueline, <laughs> Jack, Jacqueline hide those two was yeah. uh, I, I think the key we found was that they're probably not getting the one on one attention those those elite kids uh down at Erco when there's one hundred and sixty bodies down there and things like that, so we're trying to use a bit of a different model and instead of kind of having one hundred sixty kids there and, and you know you can Murrays when they're young, you know who you know you can pick those kids a mile away instead of kind of fishing and hoping they work out backing yourself, put your money where your mouth is when they're young. Um, giving them that little bit of extra uh, training they need, um, and I know they had to sit there the other night. We had our inaugural one down at Redfern the other night, and uh, Jason Demetrio took them for a video session. And to see the way those kids were soaking stuff in, they're not getting that at, at the moment down at Urco. You know, it's very team focused down at Urco, which it should be. They're in season. This is more looking at them as individuals and the development they need. So, uh, twenty there's twenty boys yeah. out of the 140 that we have in our program. And we also have four women. Uh, out of our Harvey Normans and they're all ladies that have either played at WNRL level or have aspirations at that level so they mixed in the other night and it was a great first night uh, off the rank that's a monthly thing uh, that we'll do uh, throughout the year and whenever they come in that's full access to NRL staff
0: so as I said Couple of people. I know Davy Mowale is probably the one that we've all been talking about. Yep. So, can you tell us a little bit about him and maybe a couple of others?
3: Yeah, well, see, Davy's the other end. Davey's on a development contract now, so he's full time at the club. I mean, this is kind of, if this had been around 12, 24 months ago, Davy Mowale is a great example of the mm. type of young man that would have been in this program. Right. Uh, so, he's obviously um, kind of. a step ahead of that yeah, program. Yeah, he's a step ahead of that program at the moment. So, we've got probably, if you ever look at an example at the moment, Zane Bajorak, uh, a couple of outside backs. You look at guys like Zane Bajorak and um, Terrell Kalokal. Yep. Uh, they're two members of that Black Rabbit squad at the moment. They've already got some stuff put in place for them to move up in the next next year or so. This is helping with that transition. At the moment, there was no real gap between when they were finishing SG Ball Flag and then next minute, they're in a full-time environment, expected to be at that level. So we're just trying to make sure that transition for them's a little bit more smoother in that type of sense. So, look, they're two boys I definitely keep an eye at. One that I'm finding exciting is a young man named Tyrone Munro. Uh, so Tyrone turned up to our open trial. We Pretty quick, a, isn't he? Yeah, look, we ran that open trial. My understanding, that was the first open trial in the area for a long time. Uh, that was a decision we made when we kind of uh, amalgamated to, 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 to partner up with the juniors to, to, to uh, do the junior reps this year. And we had 300 boys apply. Mm. Um, and Tyrone was just an off-the-street uh, walk-up start. He's a great story. Where's uh, he from? He's yeah. a matto boy. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, lovely. yeah. So he, he was he was uh, with the Matchville Club. Uh, we were all a bit shocked. We thought he'd probably come from another club, but, mm. you know, he was a local, saw, applied for the trial, come in, and, and now he's found himself in that Black Rabbits program. And he's very Greg, Greg-like. Greg he's, he's, His body shape at that age reminds me of, I remember Greg at Wavell High playing for the Norse Devils at that age, and he, he's got that same fen, that same shape, the speed, and, and he's a quite an exciting prospect as well. But wow. he's a great example of someone that I think, if he was only just getting the junior rep training, he's pretty raw. So we're hoping that this type of extra work and this Black Rabbit's program will hopefully fast track him, so that he doesn't get lost in the system like those kids we were talking about. Let's talk
1: about the system. How how was he lost in the system? Um, I don't know if he was lost in the system. He just hasn't been noticed. noticed yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So he's a country boy. Uh, yeah. I think he's come from uh, Tamworth Way, and okay, uh, he, he's living with some family here, and uh, yeah, he just hadn't been picked up yet on the radar. Um, I've never been. I'm a bit different. I don't wait for the carnivals. If if you go to carnivals to find people, you're usually too late. Like yeah. Um, yeah, by then, um, I think it's a lazy way to do recruitment. Uh, I think the best way we can do it is the open trials. It's getting out to some Friday night footy or Sunday footy local club and, and finding those diamonds in the rough. Um, another exciting thing on the back of that Black Rabbits that uh, well, this is a bit of a uh, news here first for you guys is a, is a, another part of our EPD now is that we uh, just announced a uh, Southeast Queensland um, satellite program uh, as part of that Black Rabbits program. So. Um, what we're looking at there is a very small group, just about six to eight boys um, up in up in southeast Queensland. Uh, probably
1: when you say south, where's that around Burleigh? Uh, it, like
3: it's covering Ipswich, Logan, Brisbane. We're all not just we're not just yeah. putting ourselves to one catchment. But the idea is, there's a lot of great athletes and a lot of great kids up there that are getting missed it. They can't all be Broncos. They broncos. can't all be Titans. Things like that. Mm. Uh, but I've been really clear on this. We're not setting this up because we want SG Ball and Harold Matz players. Um, We're not moving kids down to play those grades. This is about uh, early uh, development and recruitment of of positions where we're lacking in the locals down here a little bit, Mm. getting those guys on our radar, putting them in our system, and we'd only move them down if there's a great long-term... Opportunity for them. I mean, we live in a, a city with five million or whatever it is. There's mm. plenty of people down here, especially locals that would love to wear that jersey at Harold Matson SG ball level. Mm. We'd rather leave these boys up at their families, finish school where they're at, things like that. And look if if they kick on over the next few years, there's there's another great one in our stable.
0: So we'll wrap it up, mate. The interview. It's been great. Yeah. But just tell us a little bit about what you like to do in your spare time?
3: What are your interests outside of? I don't footy? have a lot of spare time. <laughs> That's That's that. I thought. So say your that. plate's pretty um, full, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No. Look, obviously, these two, as you've just seen in the last half hour, they keep me pretty busy. Uh, we've really fallen in love with the area, and I'm not just saying that as a as a tokenistic thing. Uh, we, we love maroubra we, We're kind of living in that pocket, and it's got a bit of a burly heads feeling to it. Mm. We've found, and yeah. uh, my wife teaches at South Sydney High. Um, Amelia's going to Maroubra Junction and and Gracie's going to Garden Street uh, early child so you know we're really enjoying the area so we're getting to the beach as much as we can that's probably a big part of that time and when I do get a weekend off here, I try to hack around um, some of the golf well, courses. You or see, any. see
1: our host up there. He's, he's yeah. a bra boy. And, well, he's, a, he's <laughs> the, <laughs> the
3: chaps is the president of the North mariba Surf Riders. So, oh, you now he can stamp
0: your passport and uh, give you a full accreditation.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think Sut, Sut spoke about maybe we should just buy a board and i walk around with it under my arm. <laughs> um, but I, I think I need to work on the tan a bit more before I get down there and start doing that. But, no, it's, look, it's a beautiful part. Uh, we've really fallen in love with it, so hopefully, what we're doing down here is not just a, a short-term thing. Hopefully, uh, I am here for a, a bit of a while to, re- to really set this up properly and, and and hopefully put some foundations under it. And uh, yeah, for the family's sake, we we really enjoy enjoy the area.
1: And it sounds like the club's right behind you in doing so.
3: Oh, look, I, I'd like to think that um, both. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of the juniors. You know, the, the history behind uh, the junior reps program, what they've done. It's it's a great. It's a great thing to, to, to come part of. But I just think of whether I've turned up at the right time or whatever it might be, it's just a really exciting time between the two entities at the moment and the work that we're doing. Definitely. Um, and, look, yeah, so far, um, no one said no, <laughs> which is quite funny. Everyone's yeah. behind everything that we're doing. Everyone's yeah. quite excited about
1: it. Yeah, no, Coos a really good guy. And uh, and like you said, we're in a, in a great position at the moment, both the seniors and the juniors. That's yeah, very enjoyable.
2: Thanks for your time here today, mate. appreciate it. I know you're a busy man with... Um Everything you've got going on, plus the kids here. Thank you for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, mate.
3: Beautiful, boys. Thanks for
0: having us. Well, just while you're here, mate, we're going to do our first Spotlight on the Pathways program, proudly presented by What If. So I know you've got the girls in that area, but if you could spend a little bit more time with us, we'll just go through this uh, first initial
2: segment. Yeah, beautiful one. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast is proudly presented by What If. It's Aussie for travel. And they've come on as a major
1: sponsor for the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. And also, maybe you can save an extra 15% on select hotels with our promo code for fans. Whether you're travelling to a game, booking a work trip, or organising a holiday, remember to use our code, RABIDOS15.
0: What if it's Aussie for travel? So we went to the games the other day at Mascot Oval, and it was great. It was hot. It was hot. (laughs) We spoke to a lot of the kids, and um, you mentioned the... 48 part-time staff that you've got there and people like Brent Hill Benny Hill's our mate mm. he's working with them and Jan Michelle fantastic ladies so there's a lot of talent and people
3: working behind the scenes to help you out yeah I oh, definitely mate. Uh, you know it's, it's your it's Scott Gray's of the world Cole Matthews <clears throat> I'll give some you know Perry Johnson you know it's, it's those types of names that in those gear steward managers roles behind the scenes and, and I think we're trying to there's two things we're really trying to build in that path isn't it? one is that they, these kids actually understand the history of the brand that they're representing uh, Which a lot of them didn't uh, well, I don't think they did appreciate it enough The privilege of it And we're, we're doing a lot of work on that And the other one is humility you know, And, and we're hoping that they're respecting and, and, and see all the work that these these adults uh, Are putting behind the scenes For these young men and women So just before we move on to the Harold Mats, I spoke to Luke Curry, Fantastic
0: guy We had him on the show last year He said, oh I'm going, I'm going I watch the races, it's Blue Diamond Day So I'm sitting there watching the Blue Diamond the Jockey that wins the race, Luke Curry. So I, te- <laughs> I, I texted him, I said, I you backed yourself. He said, no, I didn't. <laughs> so, so the Harold Mats, it's under 17s. We'll just go. Do you want to just tell us how they're going and um, where we're at with them?
3: Oh, look, they've had a tough start. You know, there's, there's no doubt about that. Both Falloons find out what coaching's all about. Uh, you know, he's doing a great job, Bowie. I, I can't speak highly enough. And, uh, you yeah, know, we ran that open trial for a reason. You know, that last year's Harold Matts crew uh, had a really tough year. Uh, they had some pretty big scorelines put on them last year, so we made a decision to run the open trial, uh, put a bit of a squad together, and, and change that up a little bit. Uh, i want to be really clear on this: they've been in every game of football they've played this year, and that's probably the, the hardest thing to watch. It's, there's a difference between you know getting beaten in junior reps across a whole 70 minutes, mm. um, but being in that tight, you know, they, they were really in the game out at Penrith, uh, you know, Manly. Uh, they, they they kept them scoreless in the second half and mm. led 12-6 on the weekend against the Dragons, but unfortunately they just haven't been able to put together that. That full seventy minutes yet, so uh, hopefully we see that in the coming weeks. So
1: a lot of, a lot of, po- sorry, mate, a lot of positives there you can take out of that.
3: Oh look, uh, mate, they're, they're a great group. They're, they're they're trying hard, and and Bo, Eddie Payer, Johnny Tarpa, the, the the coaching staff, they're they're working behind the scenes, and I, I think I think the wind's not too far off. Hopefully it's the Knights this weekend.
0: Yeah, I felt sorry for Bo because when I got there, I spoke <laughs> to him, and you could just see the the disappointment, and he, he was just like shaking and he really wears his heart on his sleeve because he said the boys led 12-0 they had an opportunity to score another try and just yeah so he's doing everything he can so that can be assured that Bo is the right man for the role like you said and, and whatever needs to be done he'll uh, he'll do it
3: Beautiful. he wants to win Mm. No, know, and he has the expectations with that group to win, and I like that. You
1: know, and he played like that as well.
3: Well, we've only won the mats once, I believe, back in the seventies. It's been a long drought in that yeah. group, and and Bo's not here to be competitive. He he openly mm. he trains that group, and he tells those boys that we're here to we're here to compete in this competition. Like we want results, and I like that about Bowie. Yeah,
0: mm. and I said to him, I'm glad you're coaching, and I'm just reporting on it because you've got the hard <laughs> job, and I've got the <laughs> easy one. They've had
2: a couple of injuries, um, you know, in their defence and. A one suspension or two in that first game. Yeah, they big, big Daniel's back yeah. this week. He's yeah. a, a hard-running front row. Someone to look out there for fans before we roll on to the SG ball. Eh? Yeah, no, go. Yeah, well, oh, I was to touch Did on the
3: SG ball.
0: So, good mate of ours, Tim Blockhead-McGrath. Both his sons play in that team, Cooper and
3: Ryan. In the Maddies. Yes. Yeah, the Twins, yeah. 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 I can tell them apart now. So, yeah. it <laughs> yeah. took yeah. me a while, but I've worked them out.
1: They're big lumps, they're kids too.
3: They are, mate. Well, Ryan's a, Ryan's a lump of a thing and Cooper, is, uh, he's a bit of a, a John Sutton style six as a kid. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's a nice big thing as well. But yeah. um, look, they, I feel for the boys, typical twins, they kind of get thrown under the same banner but they're yeah. both very individuals, the two mm. of them, and, and they both have very different football games. Mm.
0: So the SG ball, they're going well. What are your thoughts
3: there? Yeah, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be out in a minute. Good girl. Do you want to sit with Daddy? Or? We wanna won't.
2: Have, we won't have Daddy too much we'll longer. sit with Daddy. Yeah. You, can you sit, sit, sit with me. You, you sit can
1: with sit me. Um, you guys tell me when's the last time we won a ball? Um, I think I won it in '86, and I think we've won it after that. '94. Yes. I think, I think Stevie Driscoll. It's Been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time.
3: It, yeah. um, oh, I believe we have a top four team here. Uh, I think if we can keep uh, the cattle in the park um, that's there at the moment. Um, really got a tough game in the Knights this week we're going to we'll, I love about junior rep footy it's a, it's a small season you kind of find out a little bit more about the team every single week mm. we found out a lot about this team in the last few weeks um, they had a really bad troll against Balmain uh, in their last trial got 40 points put on them yeah I was there that day people, people that, yeah. hitting panic stations a little mm. bit uh, mm. we took the kids away on a camp with the jersey flag and uh, Leon uh, LeTulip who's head coach uh, for that team Um ...himself along with Rennie and and, uh, and Johnny Sartre. Sutts. Yeah. yeah, working with him. Leon's done a really great job of, of kind of bringing that group together. Though, The kind corner, corner game show, we've got some great individuals in that group... ...but they mm. kind of weren't really gelling too well... ...and they've done a great job, that staff... ...and we've seen some great results. I mean, mm. beating Penrith at Penrith in round one... Uh, ...it's been a while since mm. we've done that out there in the junior reps... ...and they've kept building. But I think if this group can keep building the way they're going... ...they could give this a Red Hot crack. And, mm. and that's how we're treating it. We're definitely not just happy that we're going well we think they've got the potential to uh, to go all the way Mate, this group.
1: They played a good brand of footy last week got a little bit sloppy towards the end but uh, some... They probably play too much footy sometimes that's yeah. the mm-hmm. issue, they've got too much footy in them but
3: uh, th- that's our philosophy as a club you know, if you watch the way our NRL plays I think we play probably the best attacking brand in the National Rugby League and mm-hmm. we're trying to now get this going all the way through the pathway is the same philosophy in the way we attack and defend and the kids are slowly getting when to play it and when to kind of you know calm it down. I think the Manly game was probably the best example mm-hmm. they led 22-4 that's a time maybe to calm mm. it down a little bit and they, they yeah. hurt themselves and mm. probably learn a great lesson out of that game but mm. I think they play a great brand of footy and, and that's what we want to do. We don't just want to play a bash and barge top a, who's the biggest kids you know around. We, we, we want to make sure we're playing a, we're trying to get these boys ready for NRL and they need to be able to play that style of footy if they are going to be able to work through the ranks in
2: the coming years. Mm. And so. you mentioned um, young Tyrell. Well, we've done that without Tyrell. Yet, has he, he hasn't played a game and he's yeah. the captain of that group. Yeah. So, I
3: mean, that's, that's quite exciting as well. You know, we're sitting undefeated at this stage. Had and no and Davey last week. And uh, look, that, that's again, you know, you find a lot about a group. And I thought last week was a great experience for them to think, well, we're going well, but we did it without Davey as well, which is a, a great experience for him. But look, Tyrell, we're just having, um, obviously, the concussion and the rules around that now. We, we take that quite seriously at our club. Um, he hasn't been fully cleared yet and, and we won't even put him at risk until that has been fully cleared. So, uh, mate, hopefully in the next couple of weeks and we, we get a pretty handy kid back for the, the finals
1: run. Yeah, mm. wow. There are, there are a couple of kids there that I don't want to single too many out but uh, Louis Grosmy on the left edge, I think he played. Yep, yep. And there was a little kid that come on... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Archie Donnelly. Archie 14, Donnelly.
3: Yeah, he's a local as well. Yeah, we yeah, know he's yeah, old man. Yeah, yeah. yeah Bull. Son yeah. of Bull. Yeah, well mate, he's he's put the he's put the great the colours on now and got out on the field and did a great job. And and look, it's it's an easy pick. He's got his jersey again this week against the Knights. He's definitely in a it's gonna be a step up in class, mm. uh, this game this weekend. But they're the types that you you asked me before when it comes between two players. Um, you know Archie got an opportunity in that 14 and, and he's not the biggest no. uh, utility getting around but uh, he's tough and,
1: and he does some great work off the ball well standing down that end he, he come on and I think he made about oh, probably six or seven tackles in a row they had back to back sets yep. and he was all over the place I mean he he made a tackle in the middle of the field, and then he saves a try on the edge. You know what I mean? Th- that, so that
3: jersey means something to him.
1: That's right. And you can, oh, you can mm.
3: tell that already at that, that <laughs> age, and, and and it comes across in the way he plays his footy. And yep. um, look, they are things that excite us at the moment. Yeah, good luck to
0: him. We bumped into Louis' mum too, uh, former Iron Woman Sam O'Brien. Yeah, he's got a fair pedigree. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: Louis, uh, I think we we forget Louis is a year young as well. So Louis got another mm. year of SG ball. Wow. He's, a, he's a year mm. younger than a lot okay. of those boys. And. Yep. You wouldn't think it when you look at him. Got uh, a good build on him, Joe. Got a great it? build on him, mate. And look, we're just happy that he's home in the right colours. Mm. Uh, he, he went over to the other side for a season. He did, and uh, look, he, he's, he's happy back at the the Rabbitohs. And I think he's got a good future in that jersey. A bit of footwork at the
1: line. Yeah, he is, mate, yeah. Tough. Yeah,
0: yeah. Another kid that Sut told us about was a sire... Valelo I think you say it Valolo Valolo yeah. and I, I shot a TikTok of him it sort of went viral <laughs> and so I've been talking to him I got his, we might get him on for a chat he sounds like an interesting kid
3: Mate he's a very interesting kid and uh, he, he actually articulates things a lot for a front rower for a young front rower and um, no, he, he, great conversation Queenslander mm. uh, quite proud of that yep. so um, the Cowboys uh, yeah Cowboys weren't interested and he's, he's made a home here at the Rabbitohs at the moment and I, I think what we're seeing with Azor is Davey's going better because of Azor so, mm. we, we kind of we noticed in that group that Dave needed a bit of support. Dave needed a bit of a support around him. So, we mm. went and found a couple of forwards like Grossamy, Tallis Duncan is another yeah. uh, forward that's yeah. come into that group. And Azair, is a front row partner for Dave. He just complements him so well that mm. you couldn't find two different front rowers yeah. uh, than these two. And, and that's what you need in a football team. And, and Isaiah is that one that will take the kick off, he'll take that hard carry and. and He's been a big part, of, I think. He's probably one of the... I love that you bring him up. He's probably one that isn't getting the accolades as some of those other boys are getting at the moment. But trust me, he's been a big part of that start to the year. Very the aggressive, isn't he? Yeah. He yeah. only knows one way, mate, and it's uh,
0: it's Hard. straight. Well, this is the beauty of this segment, and we're letting our listeners know about some of these kids they might not have known about. And,
1: and we need the listeners to go out and watch them as well. Yeah, Make yeah. a bit of time and, and get out down to Redfern Oval when they're playing. Yeah, Redfern this
3: week, uh, midday and one30 and yep. they'll be high-quality games. Yep. Uh, they'll be high-quality games, those two games. And, uh, you know, one thing we've spoken to those boys about is how much of a privilege it is to play at Redfern Oval. Uh, and hopefully they're putting a show on for the uh, the crowd. Oh, Exciting times.
0: And another interesting one is Talus. Mm. And we believe he was named after the great Queenslander Gordon.
3: <laughs> I can't I can't clarify that for you. It's a, a rumour getting around. But, um, look, tellus is another one that... Uh, I, I'm, I'm still too fresh for the joint to get too caught up in the Roosters-Rabido's uh, history. Don't, uh, hang on, mate. <laughs> don't, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. In the short term, I've been here. I, I can see the rivalry between the two clubs and, and how amazing it is. But uh, look, Tellis came for an opportunity. Uh, he's obviously moved over uh, to the club this year in his first year. He's loving it. Uh, we're enjoying the work he's doing. And uh, I tell you what, I wouldn't stand in front of him. You know, if I was still playing the game Mm. as as an 18-year-old, he might not be be the biggest uh, lock in the SG ball competition, but I reckon he'd be the hardest-hitting lock in the competition.
2: He's there, big these days. Some technique there, mate. Look. You spoke about the rivalry, just yeah, yeah. Now this is how much I'm into the rivalry. I went to watch the trial game, which you coached, the yep. Jersey Felix us yep. versus the Roosters, and I yep. went home and kicked me dog, mate, because so, we got beat. <laughs> yeah, I know it was only a trial, but <laughs> I still don't like losing. That a was my trial. first experience. <laughs> that
3: was my first experience coaching against the Roosters. Uh, obviously, as a fled coach, I only got the one experience last year. COVID then hit. We, you know, we coached around one against the Sharks, and COVID hit. But uh, been around long enough now that it's disappointed to lose the Roosters in a trial that hurts even more.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, I suppose there was a few. Um, a few simple errors, a few mistakes, just playing the ball. But other than that, it looked like there was a bit of skill out there and a few guys to, to keep an eye on, mate. The centre, Lathan Walters, he looked he look yeah, like, Hutch- like a handful.
3: Yeah, Lathan Hutchins and Walters. Uh, Lath has uh, Lath has some great pedigree about him. Uh, he's come through, uh, he played for CIS uh, at the Nationals a couple of years ago. I was actually coaching at that carnival. I had the Queensland schoolboys at the time. Uh, and the kid really stood out for me because uh, he did something I haven't seen a lot of lot of young men do. He stood at a young Hemiso uh Fabio from uh mm. from the Cowboys. He stood him up a couple of times on the outside and uh I, I know the footy he's got in him and yeah, manager rung me a great chimes, uh rang us uh, earlier in the year and said that uh Newcastle actually had cut their Jersey flag programme. The Knights aren't running a flag yeah, program not, this yeah. year and Latham was one of these players that was looking for an opportunity and um yeah look he's he's found a bit of a home here with us and he's going quite well.
1: What about Dion mate? The five eight he looks very classy well, Dion's still an SG ball
3: level yep. Yeah so Dion's an SG I, I think he'll come up Into the flag squad as well When yep. it comes through I, I think Dion we're, we're trying to find Dion's going to get comfortable in, I don't want to get too deep And meaningful here But mm. get comfortable In his own skin as a footballer I think Dion for me Is an Anthony Milford mm. uh, Style of, of six He's a runner And I think We've tried to, The last couple of years Get him to be an organising seven uh, we've taken those reins off him this year, and I think we're starting to see the benefits of that.
2: Okay. Another guy that caught the eye was a middleman, a number 13, made a hard-working back, uh, lock forward, mate, Darcy Hardman. Darcy Defensively Hardman. Defensively, getting out of the line, putting yeah. the first contact on. Yeah, he doesn't
3: have the best tech. He gets his head in the wrong spot a couple of times, like he did on the weekend. <laughs> on the uh, kick-off, yeah. But yeah, uh, North Sydney boy. Uh, okay. So he come through the, the North Sydney junior reps, um, captained, uh, I think, their SG ball a couple of years ago. Uh, moved up to Ipswich uh, yep. to have a bit of a, a go up there during COVID obviously he's come back to Sydney. Um but again just a, a train and trialist that came to the club and you know, Mark Allison and myself, especially in that flag age group, uh we're really trying to focus on, on, on young men not chasing the money, but young men chasing the opp- opportunity. Yeah. And yep. and Darcy's a great example of that, mate. Mm. You know, he's he, he's a he's a great tooler, he's a hard worker, works for the national rugby league okay. in the development officer role. There um you go. and mate, he, he's just he pays attention to all the small things and, and hopefully he has a big year. He caught the eye defensively. And also
2: a big, big unit. Um, carried the ball, a couple of big carries. That Augustine Stowers, I sat with his parents, Now, they're they really, really nice people. I think they were down from Queensland, they said. Yeah, it's a good story, Tino.
3: I taught Tino, actually. There you go. Yeah, yeah, and that's got nothing to do with... He, he was here before I got yep. here. Um, yeah, Tino's a Marsden high school boy, product from up there. I've known him since he was 15. Uh, taught him in his senior years up in school, and it's funny how footy works out and mm. in circles you end up back but I've been really proud to watch his story Tino's a real he's a gentle giant mate You know, he, he looks that part but he comes from a place called Warwick just out of Toowoomba a very oh, yeah. small rural town and, and the fact that he's, he's moved down to Sydney the last couple of years he's lasted he, he, he's got the dream like you said I'm really proud of him in that type of sense and the family's right behind him they've moved down as well
0: So we'll move on to the New South Wales Cup squad they're coached by Steve Antonelli and assisted by Dane Dorohy Chaps, you got some news on that?
2: Um, well I just I just sort of brushed over it the first week, but what about um big Shaquille Mitchell, mate, having his first run, mate? Yeah, what what shack, can we expect from the big boys? Right?
3: Shaq is back. So, <laughs> uh, oh mate, I I I wouldn't yeah, look what we're gonna remember with our part time New South Wales Cup and our jersey feed players, they haven't played footy in over twelve months. Mm, yeah. So the ballers and Matt's still got about five or six games in last year before COVID hit and then they at least had local underage football to play in. Mm. A large majority of these part-time New South Wales Cups of Flags did, didn't did play any football last year. and uh, As much as I was upset at those strolls on the weekend, you need to remember that and keep that in your mind as we're going yes. along. So Shaq himself hasn't played footy for about 18 months. Uh, Shaquille, uh, my understanding, coming through the junior ranks was was highly touted more than Latrell yes. uh, as a young player when yeah. he come through. So, uh, look, once the opportunity again, he's come to be part of our part time squad. He's he's a middle now. His body shapes changed a lot over the years, but he worked very hard during the COVID periods. Lost about twenty kilos. Wow! Good. And we're quite excited to seeing uh, you know what the that last name can do in the club. Definitely.
0: And a young guy by the name of Ulysses Roberts has been promoted to that team. For, the New South for this Cup. weekend Yeah, yeah this
3: yeah. weekend's A bit of a funny trawl uh, In the sense that uh, for, our, for our listeners uh, It's our part-time New South Wales Cup players They're all getting Their first city Out of the year And I'm actually playing probably the, the the top tier flag team on Sunday mm. so I'm trying to get ready for round one obviously uh, so I guess the, to, to make sure that those part time New South Wales Cup is, have enough players this week we're using the remainder of our flag squad to give them another trial so that's where those boys from flag are getting a go this opportunity mm. this week everyone that's available from Jersey flag and New South Wales Cup part time is
1: playing a game of football
3: this weekend across those two games
1: mate we've got another famous name uh, in the ranks Mundoon yeah CJ, CJ. yeah yeah how does he go? Great kid. Great
3: kid. He's he's trying to step out of the shadow, um, which is a hard shadow to step out of, mm. and, and trying to to make his own name uh, as an athlete. But, look, this preseason has been amazing for him. He, he's a great example of why we do uh, NRL preseasons for young men. So he's had the opportunity to train full-time uh, since November last year. And you can just see you can see it in his confidence, in his body, in the way he's playing. He was a standout uh, up at um, Griffith. Yeah, scored oh, a couple oh. of tries. Yeah, he did, mate. And, and uh, he's very different to Anthony. You know, and and I like to say that and stress that to people because it helps him become his own, you know, individual and athlete in that sense. But uh, uh, maybe if you give him you give him that little bit of light, he'll, he'll come out the other side, and uh, he'll start at five eight uh, for our jersey flag uh, against the Tigers at Leichhardt on Sunday.
0: Nice. cool! And we'll mention the women's team, coached by Dean Witters assistant coaches Karen Stewart.
3: Yeah, look, I'm really excited about that group set. Uh, we've we're trying to give them the, the exact same experience that that all the other pathways teams are getting. We we train together on a Monday night. So if you ever come down to Urca on a Monday night, there's uh, five football teams, 160 players all, all through the joint in one night. It's organised chaos. Uh,
1: no better place uh, to do it, Irko. Yeah, it's a, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a
3: great spot in that sense. But uh, look, that's been great to, to kind of amalgamate and make sure that... It, look, the female pathway is booming. You know, the the NRL, as they say, there's, there's actually higher rates of female participation in the female sport at the moment than the male. And it's we, we're definitely behind it at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. We make no secrets that uh, we'd love to have a WNRL. Uh, license, hopefully in a couple of years' time, but to, to make sure all that's successful when it occurs, we want to make sure our Harvey Norman women's and, and then over the next couple of years our younger ranks under that, uh, that they're getting the development they need. So uh look, it's great off seven and Dino. Um, you know, he, he's got a real passion for that female pathway as well and, and passing all the years of experience he's had. Uh, a couple of girls, obviously, to keep an eye out there, if I can plug. Uh, Ellie Johnson, uh, front rower. Mm. Uh, she got Player of the Year for them last year. I think she's in for a big year. I think she's at that point of her career to now maybe try and crack into the origin, uh, New South Wales origin side. She's part of that new Black Rabbits mm. uh, program we're talking okay. about. And that's where she's at in her career at the moment. And another football I'm really excited about is Akira Kelly. Uh, so she's a young Indigenous halfback. She was the half for the Indigenous All-Stars uh, yep. up in Townsville. She had a year off footy. Uh, she's just come back in and share a little story with you. She was in the Black Rabbits squad on Monday night as well, and we had a couple of NRL boys down with us. Uh, so that's another part of that Black Rabbits program. We get a couple of players in to work with the, the, the young people as well. And I had Troy Dargan and, and uh, Dean Hawkins, two halves in there the other night, and they just they were astonished by her skill set, her kicking game, her passing game, and just her vision. Um, and I, I love hearing that, that. They're not looking at her as a female. They're going, Geez, she's a good player. Mm, that's you know, right. They're, they're very excited. Like when you hear guys like that going, you know, she's got some great skills. How, how great's uh, her ability? Then they're not saying for a girl. They're just saying as a player. And, I enjoy watching um, the that's, game. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Well,
0: mate, this has been sensational. We value your time and you've done exceptionally well. Thanks for joining us again on Rabbitohs Radio podcast.
3: No issues at all. Uh, happy to help out throughout the year, guys.
0: And no good luck,
1: worries. good on you, Joe, this season. Cheers.
2: We're going to preview the 2021 charity shield up there at Mudgie, 6:30 PM. Glen Willow Oval, boys. Well, thoughts on that lineup? That. Um, Wayne Bennett's uh, announced this week. Oh, board.
1: look! I, I think he's picked uh, the strongest, one of the strongest lineups. We've only got a couple out, like we just said before. Uh, Jaden Sue out injured. Uh, Liam Knight, who would probably both come into this side, but apart from that, it's a strong outfit. I think uh, the one to thirteen, you'll probably find they'll only play about twenty or thirty minutes, and a lot of the young kids who have been nominated on the bench. Uh, I think they'll get a lot of game time, including Blake Taff and Dean Hawkins. I know for a fact that uh, Renault will probably only play about 20 or 30 minutes. So the halfback, uh, you know, Hawker will, will get a bit of game time and Benji Marshall trying to get some combinations going. But I just want to mention Mudgie and What If has just put out a, a report that Mudgie as a town was voted as one of nine finalists to be Aussie town of two thousand and twenty-one, boys. So yeah. that that just proves to you what a great town Mudgee is, and how fortunate the Rabbitohs are that we're there for the next couple of years as well. Yeah, but it's a great town. I've got it at
0: number one after last year when we went down there. It's a beautiful town, so nice. And we're going back
1: there. We'll be there at the charity Shield brownie, all three of us this year. Maybe That's... maybe if they would have judged the finalists after this weekend, it would have got the prize. It would have beat Cairns.
0: And I've just been down to Naruma for my mate Geoffrey Duckers 50th and what a beautiful place that is. So that's in my top 10 as well. Snorkelling with the seals at Montague Island. It's one of the great things you could ever do in your life. So recommend that. But yeah, what if we've shared a link on the episode webpage. So if you want to scroll down there, there'll be some great deals on there to all these regional places across New South Wales and this great nation of ours. Yeah, so back to the charity shield. Key on starting at second row of interest to in me one of my favourite players in the team, if not my favourite. And also Jacob Host in that starting second row role, so I'm pretty sure Wayne wants to have a look at them there. He went good last year in the charity short key but it'd be interesting to see if he could make his way into a starting role. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd like him to be out there for more minutes. What do you bring to the team?
1: Well, it's a good headache for Wayne to have, isn't it? Um, we've got good depth there now with the addition of, of Jai Arrow and, and Benji and... You know, it just gives us a great balance, and that's what you got to have, and and that's what you got to have if you're going to win the GF.
2: Well, if you think about last year, um, I think our starting starting side probably struggled a little bit in the first half last year, a little bit of rust, and uh, all these young blokes come in and, and they no-brained them, didn't they? You yeah, had like Blake Taft playing in the halves, you killed him, Keon Kalamatungi. Running a hard line off him, scored a try. What did he end up doing last year, boys? He ended up being one of the real key members of our squad. Only uh, Harmay, Cello, Patrick, Mago—they all—they re- really come on in that game. Yeah, this charity shield has changed from many years ago. It used to be
1: Member Mavo. We used to play in the charity shield and we'd be training for it. It'd be like a grand final for us. But now it's a—it's a game to give the the, the younger kids the, an opportunity to shine. And like you just said, chaps. We've uh, seen a couple of kids come through over the last couple of years that have gone on and played a lot of first grade after playing the Charity Shield.
2: Yeah, they have. And this you can go back years and years. Uh, used to be and, a bloodbath. You'll, you'll find plenty of examples. You know, we've got a couple of club debuts too. I mean, we can probably mention Josh Mansell, but he has played at the first grade level at Charity Shield. But Jacob Host, making his debut for the Rabbitohs. Benji Marshall, Telltale Moga. So it'll be good to get... Um, I look at them blokes in the red and green jersey, and not only that, we're shooting for ten straight. A couple of draws in there, but we're, we're going to possibly hold that trophy for ten straight, boys. Nothing really compares it up besides the eleven straight in the in the '60s from the Dragons.
1: Oh, that's true, chaps, and uh, big wraps on number 25 as well. Joshua Cook, keep an eye on him. Good defender. Okay, let's chuff off
0: to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio podcast. <laughs>
2: My name's Magenta. This is Remembering a Rabbitoh with my pop Ivan Jones.
0: This is Remembering a Rabbitoh brought to you by Export Freight Systems. Now Ian from Export has come on board again. Been here since day one. He has. Foundation sponsor boys. Yeah, so thanks for coming back Ian and we've shared a link to Export Freight Systems on the episode webpage. Okay, so it's Remembering a Rabbitoh and it's with thanks to Brad Ryder and check out his book The Rabbitohs Road to 21
2: and a bloke who played a starring role in one of those 21 comps chaps is Ivan William Jones born 10th of the 11th 1942 in Charleville, Queensland Rabbitoh number 532 Ivan played A grade as a 16 year old halfback in Derby which is situated in Darling Downs he then moved to Brisbane South as an 18 year old in 1961 and played in the grand final losing to the Brisbane North Devils team and off the back of that performance was selected in a combined Brisbane rep team that finished up playing a touring New Zealand side in 1963 in 64 he moved to Rockhampton Brothers where he was picked in another rep team representing Central Queensland against a touring French side and Ivan was named man of the match boys in a 22 to two victory. The following season, he joined the pride of the league, the mighty South Sydney Rabbiters, in 1965 at the tender age of 22. And he made an immediate impact playing in the most famous grand final of all, the 1965 loss to the St George Dragons, in front of a record crowd of 78,000 plus.
1: You know, he got uh, nominated for Buyer of the Year in 1965 as a young 22 year old coming from Brisbane. To the city, and made a, an immediate impact with the mighty Rabbitohs side, and, and like I said, was voted as one of the buyers of the year.
2: I oh, would have been a big, uh, big transition, boys. There's only a couple of thousand people lived in in um, Derby. That A-grade side, I think I read it was something like six thousand yeah, at that period. So coming down to the big smoke would have been a big about, change.
1: I think he signed for about five hundred quid.
2: Well big money back in those days, there I you suppose. Go. But, huh? Yeah. Two years later, he was a key member of our premiership winning team in 1967 over the Canterbury Bulldogs. The following year, Dennis Pittard and Bobby Grant were the preferred halves, but Ivan didn't drop his head. Instead, he focused on winning the comp in reserve grade with his great mates, Jimmy Lyle and Bobby McCarthy. She must have been a good side with them oh, blokes, you oh, know?
1: Players, that's
2: great.
0: <laughs> got some names there.
2: <laughs> Gee, you, he won the grand final the year before the inner set, Bobby. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
0: Ivan actually came up to him after that famous try and gave him a cuddle. The number seven.
2: There you go. In sixty nine, he only had two appearances, which saw him leave the club for Western suburbs magpies, but club politics at the Magpies saw him hang up the boots in seventy one. Now, after Footy Boys, he got into the hotel manager game and managing hotels such as the Lord Raglan. Yeah, well, first of all, I knew Ivan Jones. I played for the Rovers,
0: and our hotel was the Cauliflower Hotel, and Ivan drank there. So he's a fabulous guy. He was always friendly, up for a chat, and just a popular
1: man. Yeah, had a couple of things in common with the uh, Cauliflower Hotel there, yeah, Ivan. Yeah, well... You drank there too, didn't you? I drank there too, yeah, and... I- Famously, I went there at
0: halftime of the semi final, but that's we've already told that story. But ah, uh, oh, we love you, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. But yeah, such a brilliant guy. Sadly missed, and he also worked as a wharfie at White Bay. We're all wharfies; He's one of us. Yeah, worked with a mate of ours, Brad May, and he also played golf at Marrickville, off eleven, and I ever hit down at Marrickville. There's well, another a, thing in common. Yeah, but I'm only off 23, so a bit <laughs> he could hit the ball better than me.
1: So, in other words, he was walk, walking straight up the fairway, and you were taking a little couple of different angles. It's going a long way. A couple of <laughs> details, maybe, huh? <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think he also he was a painter in his retirement, Ivan, and okay, worked for Terry Page at the Coogee Bay Hotel and went into a few business ventures with a few former players.
1: Well, he actually was a painter, the contract painter. For Lurch and Gary Stevens. So John O'Neill and Gary Stevens had had their own building business. They were a big mob, weren't they? They were, and still going today. The company still still goes today. Uh, the young Stevens boys run that particular company, and and Ivan was the contracted painter and they actually brought a house together in Paddington, I think it was. A couple of photos on our webpage, showing them uh, developing or renovating yep. the... Paddington Terrace. There's
0: actually an article on there, with the story about it. So the photo and the the accompanying text. But yeah, so we've had a treasure trove of stuff to look through for Ivan. And thanks to his daughters, Mel and Katrina, for giving us that stuff. And they were really excited that we're going to be showing some of that stuff because it's just sort of been sitting in the cupboard since he passed in 2015. And so really happy to do that. And at the start of the segment, you might have heard the intro by Magenta. Chaps? She's in the same Oztag team as... Samara. Samara.
2: That's right, and they're a hot so They've only lost one game in two years, and she's an integral part of that. And Anyway, the other night, it was a six-year anniversary of Ivan's passing on Monday this week, and anyway, she scored a try. We're in jumper number what? Number seven, boys. Number seven. Straight up the middle, beat a couple of defenders and scored over under the post there, and who would walk up a couple of minutes later and have a chat to Katrina? Our own number seven, Adam Reynolds. There you go. Oh, good. Yep. Ironic. So it all yeah. tied in there this week, boys. It was meant to be. Yep. The Ivan Jones segment.
0: And we're talking about the Collie Chaps. you got another little story about...
2: Well, Katrina did mention that, well, he used to be, have a bar named after him down the Cauliflower Hotel, the Ivan Jones Bar, and on Thursday night, they used to play cards down there. It was big, a big card night, wasn't it? Big card night. Well, I think Lurch and Sattler used to get in there, Johnny Sattler, and, and after a couple of beers, he, he, he got the Dutch courage. He was only a little fella, 68 kilo halfback. He used to get him to run at him, Sattler, and then. he used to spear-tackle him into the turf there. The that's carpet. how. They, that's why they named it after him. <laughs> oh, how good. Lurch picked him up, dropped him on his head too. He's the hammerer. He's an absolute
1: gentleman, Ivan Jones. Whenever you've seen him, he'd always give you the time of day. It wasn't just a, you know, G'day Brownie or G'day Mavo. It was always a five-minute conversation. Just an absolute champion. I used to see him down the bowling club, the Erko Bowling Club, at the footy. Always says, good G'day. And a beautiful family as well. Katrina, like you said, Mavo gave you all them photos for us to use on our web page. Yeah. Yeah, outstanding.
0: And one of those headlines said that Ivan was a pocket Hercules. And we shared a couple of photos of Ivan on our socials just before the show, and we had a great reaction. And this is some of the comments from people that knew Ivan. Cole Whelan, who's a good friend of the show, said that Ivan was one of his childhood idols. Scott Mawson, a mate of mine, said that Ivan was a true gentleman in every sense of the word.
1: Another rover's legend?
0: Yep. He loved him, and he had many a beer and a laugh at the collie. Norm Alberts in the official South Sydney fans group simply said Little Ivan was a great guy. And then Greg Whalen said, and I'll quote him here, I remember a rainy day at Henson Park in 1967 when South beat Newtown. Ivans took the time to sign an autograph for my brother, even though it was still pouring rain. It was a thrill at the time and I still remember what a kind gentleman he was.
1: So, yeah, absolute legend. sums it up. Absolute legend. doesn't get mentioned enough. You no. get, you get the, you know, the coots, the McCarthys, the Sattlers, the Sims, but Ivan Jones isn't mentioned
2: enough, boys. Correct. And he was a worthy person on remembering a rabbitoh this week.
1: Let's chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrah Real Estate. Now, Glenn Farrah and the team, they've been a great sponsor of the show since we started. And they've actually opened a new office at Malabar. Right next to Crazy Chicks, boys. I'm sure we all know where that is.
2: Oh, yeah. Good food there.
1: Yeah. So they're really targeting the Malabar area. Malabar, Chifley, Matraville, Little Bay. Uh, So much great property out there. And our good mate Ken Smith is running the show out there. Uh, Mad Rabbitoh himself, former Randwick rugby player. Okay. He's a good man, Charlie. So if you're thinking of selling or if you're looking to buy... Make sure you get in contact with NG Farrell Real Estate.
2: And by the way, happy birthday to Fats. It's his birthday this week. Tomorrow. There you go.
1: Many happy returns, GF. He's a good man.
0: I know that spot well. Crazy Chicks. Crazy Chicks Burger Mill with chilli. We go there at Smoko. So you can get a chicken burger and drop into the store and have a look if you're thinking of selling NG Farrow Real Estate. Okay, firstly, I'd like to give a shout out to the guy who raced Tommy Turbo in the Manly Corso. (laughs) Henry, wasn't it? Henry. 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 Because we play them in round two. And big Tommy, the turbo, won't
2: be. won't be a suiting. as he can go. A Henry. You get and what about when I they mean, that ties <laughs> in with the rubber so what, yeah. what was the stink call?
0: Henry. No. Henry. Henry. Yeah. And what about they asked him for a quote on for your mate? What have you got to say to your mate? Tommy, he goes, it sucks to be you, Tommy.
1: Yes. <laughs> 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 he wants to race him again
2: when he's fit, Henry. Oh, mate. Tommy yeah. turbo. Look, we've, we've all had sprint races at 2am. Not on the Corso, but, you yeah. know. Yeah. Down there at Could you Could you Over. We've had a few sprint races down there on the on the drink, but
0: So we are sorry to hear the news you're injured, Tommy, and in all seriousness you did say you fell over in the bath and if that's what you say, you're a man of outstanding quality, so we'll take you on your word. The NRL market has four teams of standout favourites around the six dollar mark. The Panthers are five dollars. The Mighty Rabbitos six dollars with the storm and the Chooks at six fifty.
1: My advice, boys, will be to take the $6 right now because I reckon halfway through the season we'll be into about $4.50. There
2: you go. Well, it'd be hard not to take the rabbit as the $6. But, boys, what better value bet outside of those sort of guys? I've, I've got to think that a little rumour out there, you like know, Cam Smith's been turning up to some of the reserve grade trial games for the, the Titans, Titans. Having, having a little look. He's up there on the coast. He's, he lives there. His kids are going to school up there. I wouldn't mind taking that, uh, the Titans to make, well, the they're, top, they're, make the top four there, boys. They are about $4.50 last time I looked. Titans to make the top four.
0: Well, I was just going to finish there that the next line of betting is the Raiders $11, then the Eels, and Titans at $15. Now, the Titans, Camp Smith, rumors, but they've picked up David Fafita and big Tino Fasamawali from oh. the Storm. Now, he can play. Jeez. So, they yeah, they might be a Smokey. And,
1: <laughs> they're two boosts, them two.
0: yeah. So that's oh, two well, fair can, players to pick up. <laughs> and to
1: be honest, uh, the Titans come good at the back end of the last season under Justin Holbrook. I that's thought they really perform well. They've got that young halfback who came onto the scene last year, uh, Jamal Fogarty. Yep. Ash Taylor was playing some really good footy. And obviously the inclusions of
2: them two beasts that we just mentioned and maybe Cameron Smith, who knows. Well, that wouldn't be a bad side. Now, I've got a mate of mine who's been a wrestling coach for all the NRL sides, started with the Rabbitohs. He's been down the storm. Well, he's, Jimmy Dimmick's got him up there at the Gold Coast Titans, and I had a chat to him after he got back um, a couple of days, and he said, I'll tell you what, he he, he couldn't even pronounce Tino's full name, and and he spoke about David Fafiri. He said, them two blokes are the strongest blokes that I've seen in rugby league. He's been involved in the game well over 10 years. Well, Jimmy, he'd
1: know he's as fit as a bull. He does that jiu but I'll tell you where I sent him training today. Our good friend, Johnny Gannon.
2: There you go.
1: Oh, there you go.
0: And I had a go at pronouncing Tino's name. I hope I got it right. I'm not gonna get. not going to do it. Fasso Mawali. Uh, there you go. But just on the Titans before we move on. We all know their history. It's like the Vegas of the coast. They've never had the success. So maybe this is the year that they begin to get their act
2: together. We could have a soft spot for him, but um, I know our um interpreter Brownie. You want to have a crack at this name? Which one? Cooper uh, Cronk. Tina. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well done, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, we well, talking to Cronk. Oh, that's.
1: I was just looking at our at our
0: notes, and I seen Cooper Cronk. Yeah. Well, that's another thing we're going to talk about. Cooper said, I think it was on Fox Footy that, yes, South are the favourites, but after making three prelims, it could do irreparable damage to the current squad if we don't succeed this year. Now I'd like to dispute that. I think we're building nicely at the club. Yes, obviously we want to make another prelim final and go all the way and we really think we do but I don't think irreparable damage. We've got some amazing talent coming through the club. We've got some awesome pathway systems in place. We've got Latrell, we've got
1: Cameron Murray so but more importantly, yeah, we've got Wayne Bennett. Yes. Who's been there and done it. Yeah. King Wayne. Yeah. King Wayne. Yeah, but the
0: well, I suppose the point is what he's saying is the planets are all aligning. Wayne's going next year, yep. so it's sort of all. this People are saying all or nothing. I dispute that because we've got JD, Wayne's protege, oh, he's, and he's, the, the next big
1: thing in coaching. Is the wings in the? What do they call it? He shit's gold. Wings he, in the waiting. He's waiting in the wings. <laughs> <Waiting> in <laughs> the wings. I want to say that? Again. <laughs> yeah. So all well,
0: right, he's waiting in the wings. He's waiting in the wings.
1: Well, boys, we're off to Mudgy this weekend. We're leaving tomorrow. And for anyone that's going to be up there uh, listening to the show, make sure you come up to us. Say good g'day. Um, I'm going to be the Roycey Simmons of Mudgy. I'm going to have a beer with every one of his.
0: So there's a former players' reunion at the Oriental Hotel on Friday night. So if anyone's in town, drop into the Oriental Hotel. You'll see some of the old heads there. Blokes like Les Davidson are going, I believe. Tugger. Garlo. Garlo. Michael,
1: Ross Harrington. Michael
0: Andrews. Gary Wright. Darryl Daryl Neville. There you go. And probably Kenny Stewart. And Darren
1: Brown, Steve Maven, and chaps from Rabbitohs Radio will be there. And don't forget the race day on Sunday.
2: Big day. Races. Races. I'll have some tips up there. Don't worry about that. And, Kurt. of
1: course,
0: the Charity Shield. It's been a big show, boys. Thanks to everyone for sticking with us. We had a bit to get through. And I'd just like to say a quick shout-out to my beautiful wife, Samantha. It's our 27th wedding
1: anniversary
2: tomorrow. I love you, bub.
1: Wow. That's outstanding, Mavo. 27 years. (laughs) How does Sam put up with you for 27 years? Are you back in
2: the house yet? I noticed there's a bed in the studio. Are you allowed back in or what? Yeah, no. She's let me back in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well done, Sam. Yeah, let him in. What?
1: Six days a week? Congratulations to you both. I've been there through thick and thin. A long period of that, I've been involved with you, Mavo, And it's it's a pleasure, mate, to... uh, be sitting here with you today on your 27th wedding anniversary.
2: Thanks, boys. one of the great romantics of the podcasting world, Steve Maven. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm uh, I'm the Trent Marin of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Rabbitoh's Radio
1: podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitoh's. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitoh's to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code rabidose 15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel.